0: Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Thake, the only show focused on Office 365 development where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. Okay, so I'm here with Wardak MasterCars today, who's um, over in the Netherlands, so Welcome and, and thank you for joining the show.
1: Sure, no problem.
0: Um, we uh, usually start off with a bit of an introduction, Wardex. So um, obviously, I know you quite well. We 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 met, I guess, probably online with all your blogging power that you've had for how, how long have you been blogging for now on this SharePoint area and 365?
1: Um, I believe that would be six. No, it'll be eight years now. Eight years. five. Wow. Yeah.
0: And um, with that regard, like, when did you become a SharePoint MVP?
1: So that was six years ago.
0: Wow! So you've been MVP for six years.
1: Yes, absolutely. And for that, thank you all, guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no, it's got nothing to do with me. Um, I think it's everything to do with the fact that, I mean, in terms of the developer bloggers, you're almost well, you're definitely in the top ten, if not probably in the top five of people that actively blog on on this kind of area, whether it's developing against SharePoint or whether you're picking up new areas inside Office three six five. What, what? How do you? what rhythm do you do with your blogging? And if people look at your, like if they dug dug out your posts per month, you're very consistent. Even, you know, I must say congratulations on your, uh, the arrival of your baby last year. But, uh, Thank you very self- much. <laughs> <laughs> Selfishly, I was like, oh no, he's going to stop blogging. Um, but it seems like you've picked it back up again. So what's your routine? Is it part of your work day or do you do it in the weekends?
1: So it depends. So I try to do it as often as I can. And obviously, well, that depends a lot on, the stuff that I have and 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 the work um so there are times that I could write a few of them a day and then on the other hand uh when I research new stuff like for example office graph about which we will talk today um there are like weeks or maybe even a month where I don't really write a lot because there is a lot of new stuff that that I want to experiment with I want to um, ch- check out so with that the pace um is a little less but, but then eventually, I try to pick it up as um, quick as I can. So I try to uh, write at least one a week, and it doesn't really always work that in a way. So eventually, there's going to be uh, one every other week.
0: Yeah, and and it looks like, from the way I read it, obviously, you've been doing a lot of publishing, like web content management stuff on SharePoint, so... A lot of your content has been related to, I'm guessing, your work and what you're learning around publishing on site, on top of SharePoint, mainly 2013 right now.
1: Yeah, so that was, so I've been, um, to be honest, I've been building internet sites with SharePoint for six years now, probably a, a little more. That was, uh, I started back with the, at the end of 2006, that was the bed, a beta of, uh, Moss. And back then, there was the, actually, the first assignment that I had was to build an internet site. So, actually, from very back then, uh, when that was my first adventure, um, yeah, I built internet sites. And with that, I started to develop. I, I learned everything about SP sites and SP web, WSPs. So, I know all about that. And recently, um, back in 2013, I, um, I started doing lot more with uh, search and with that I made a step into um, Office Graph and actually with the release of 2013 I also started doing a little more with apps Azure and, and with that I actually made a little step back to ASP.NET
0: Yeah and I think that's one thing I've been seeing a lot of is where people are learning the app model now, they're not doing as much web forms, they're kind of stepping aside and picking their technology so when you say ASP.NET, are you doing? Excuse me. <clears throat> are you doing MVC or, or what? What platform are you building in when yeah. you're building your apps?
1: So um, the first thing that was intuitive for me to grab was um, ASP.NET, um, just the, the web forms, and then I tried diving into the brand new stuff for for me, right? Because being Airpoint sh- sh- dev, I didn't really have, let's say, an excuse. To use anything else than what's available in platform, right? And with that, with the the advent of apps, I had really the great chance to, or great excuse if you wish, to um, take a look at ASP.NET, mvc 5 Web API, and actually everything else. So Angular, Knockout, and everything that's available in client. Because with the apps, you're not really tied into what's available in a box. And it's just way easier and way more intuitive to take outside or or to take a step outside of the the box and to use everything else that's that's been available there for years and to use that to benefit of that for for our apps.
0: And and when you're learning those technologies, what what things do you use? Do you kind of just start you know, jump into Visual Studio and start plugging away and just start Googling and binging for articles, or do you do more structured learning?
1: So as for me, um, there are actually two different approaches that I took. So for ASP.NET, I read a book, and um, that, was, that was probably, I'm not sure of the title, that was probably the ASP.NET MVC5 Professional. So that was the really, the really thick book that covers everything. And then from Web for web API, I learned, or, or I took the uh, plural site course by, um, I don't know his name by heart, but there's a great course by MVP. And that was really covering everything that you have to know about Web API doing the APIs. So that was a great stuff. And actually, to be honest, the the basics that I um, learned from ASP.NET .NET MVC made it really easy for me to get a grip on, on on Web API and learn that. Yeah, so that was great.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm seeing a lot of commonality as I speak to experts around Plural site for sure as a way of consuming and and learning. But it's it's funny like you're not the only one I've asked you know this question to, and and a lot of people still say books and. It's interesting when I speak to a lot of MVPs that in the 2007 and 2010 days of SharePoint were writing a ton of books. They've all kind of gone back to going, oh, we just don't see the money in anymore. But I still think it's quite a popular medium for, you know, learning and picking up those big chunky books and sitting there and reading them.
1: Absolutely. And I, and I think that the great thing is that a book allows you to really easily search, right? Whereas audio or a video, it really requires you to sit through it all and to actually read, um, listen to it or to watch it at a one on one pace right so there is no way for you to speed, speed it up um unless you want to you want to hear the videos like really quick voice and really thin voice so that's not going to work right so a book is still for me a great way to 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 read and learn new stuff and to get back to it at my own pace and it's easy for for me to skip uh, through parts that I already know, or that I'm not interested with. And afterwards, it's really easy to search through a book to get the code samples and to pick things up.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so with your blogging skills as a bit of a segue here, I just wanted to kind of give a bit of a weekly update on some of the posts that are out there in the blogosphere around Office 365 development. And uh, it's the usual suspects again this week. Michael svensson has obviously been digging in his spare time, around the Office Graph, much like you have done, Um, and he's just posted something a little bit similar to um, Office Graph, but it's not actually directly, which is on being able to get a a list of the current recent documents. Uh, It shows when you're in a documents library on the left-hand side, when you're in the search aspect in your OneDrive for Business, and he's just kind of pointed out a nice little endpoint there, a REST call that you can make against Underscore API, whack me, whack get recent documents, and essentially when you post in the headers, the application JSON, you know, and OData equals for both, that'll return the XML of those those recent documents. So you could use those within your own applications uh, or directly in in your you know your device apps or whatever, as long as you've got um, a token that allows you to call that API or you auth into it. So that that post is really useful uh, from that perspective. And then another one that we have had this week is Andrew Connell's been busy. He was on our show a few weeks ago when I was in Boston with him at SP TechCon, and we we talked about a few things there. But uh, what what he talked about with the Azure podcast, which is another show, was around uh, basically the direction that SharePoint developers are going in with the app model and how now how you now have to have experience with really Azure to get things running. So that that's a really good show if you're interested in listening to more shows. That's a great one to pick up. Rob Windsor had two posts this week. The first post he did, I believe this was from a... Uh, it was SharePoint Saturday in New York he did um, at the end of July. And he actually recorded the session and recorded his screen. <clears throat> and what he did was he introduced JavaScript and jQuery for SharePoint developers. It's more on the lines of not using SharePoint apps, but just using Share, uh, JavaScript directly within pages in SharePoint. But it's a pretty cool tutorial, and, and Rob is one of those Pluralsight trainers that's done a great course on Pluralsight around uh, the REST APIs inside SharePoint. So please go and check out that post if you're interested in JavaScript or his Plural site work as well. And then he's also been blogging as updates come out on the the metadata on the endpoints for things like List Data SVC and and how you can add those in Visual Studio uh, in the add ad, Add services, so he's got some explanation of how he's used Fiddler to overcome the issues of the fact that you can't actually add that directly without kind of cheating it a little bit into your Visual Studio project, so you can call it with with managed code. So that's a great post there as well. And then lastly, um, Wardek, who we have on the cause, has posted this morning, which is a nice segue into what we're going to talk about today, uh, where he's got the the blog post keeping track of recently viewed documents with the the Mavention documents i viewed app for sharepoint so do you want to tell us a little bit about that and if people want to check it out they can jump on the post and see some pretty pictures there uh within the app what what, what is this app what and uh, what what made what inspired you to put put it together yeah so um
1: the initial thought was um you have the um mru right so the list of the files you viewed viewed um uh, uh recently like you um and there is one in word there is one in excel there is one in powerpoint but for that you have to already be in in a client so there is no one list that spans all of it and then currently we have the ability to use office graph to actually to record everything that we do in office uh three six x5 and currently that applies only to documents but eventually when it it will be able to surface more than that. Uh, imagine that that list would allow you to access everything that you viewed recently within a click, right? So so imagine the app being a just um, just a big MRU list of everything that you have viewed recently that allows you to peek into that really easily.
0: And so how are you getting that information? Where Where is that coming from inside the APIs?
1: So, um, the app works based on Office Graph, which is one of the latest additions to Office uh, 365. And the basic idea is that Office Graph keeps track of everything that you and folks around you do, right? And and, um, and one of the things that it keeps uh, track of is the fact which documents you open right and with that we are able to, to query for the for for that so we are able to get a list of everything that you have viewed and i guess that the really essential part here is that um, office graph distinguished be, between signals or activities that are public and private so example of stuff that that's available to everyone is the fact the content that you have edited right on the other hand. The documents that you have viewed, that info is available only to yourself. So no one else is able to see which documents you 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 have viewed. Only you. So whenever you open our app, it is only you that is able to see the list of the documents that you have viewed 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 um um recently.
0: And so the office graph, I mean, a lot of people kind of get this confusion where it's, you know, the reason the office graph is there is because Delve is actually using that, which is the product that we launched very recently that kind of shows that, that view. But if you go to Delve right now, that, that information doesn't show right now, does it?
1: Yes. So currently in Delve, which is, as you said, Delve is an app on top of office graph, right? So, so, so that's just one way. Of seeing the data that's recorded by Office Graph, and currently, um, Delve show you the popular content around you, the content that has been shared with you, and content that falls into the My Work bucket, which is um, um, I don't know by heart what's exactly the, a query behind it, but but those are the three queries available out of the box, and um, Delve is in a way an app like yammer when it's just it works the way it works and if you're used to working with a airpoint um the surprising part is that you can't really change anything about it right so it works the way it works it for it's for you to use period
0: yeah and i think the key and what you'll hear all of our teams within office 365 talking about is this on railed experience So Delve is an example of that and the video portal, which we talked about briefly at the SharePoint conference at the beginning of the year is another example of an app that we're building on top of Office 365, which is this on Rails notion. And so if you want to build your own custom experiences, you're more than welcome to go call the Office Graph APIs uh, to do that and use that Graph query language, uh, which is documented on the Office Dev Center in our documentation, which I'll put in the links to the show notes. One thing to bear in mind, though, with all of this is there were some discussions with the with the Delve team, or codename Oslo, as it was known, when we we talked about that at the SharePoint conference as well before we came up with the final name of Delve, which was, you know, do we publicly release these APIs? And part of the discussions internally was, well, you know, we are targeting and we will be releasing at some point next year a official API for the Office Graph. But because Delve, the app that we released into the service, is actually using this current Office Graph API, which is essentially, it's a very complex way of uh, consuming the search API within within, uh, within SharePoint. And <clears throat> we made the decision that, look, we've got some smart people out there, it wouldn't take long for the likes of Waldeck and Mikel <laughs> and <laughs> Vardaman and Richard Zarega and those guys that um, have blogged in the last few weeks based on seeing this documentation to get out Fiddler and look at what's happening between the Delve app and our service. So we made a conscious effort that we would be uh, releasing information on how to use this graph query language against SharePoint search. And as a as a very good arc, arc that the content publishing team put together that shows what what queries are available within this Office Graph API. But there is a big, big note at the top there around the fact that this is pre-released content. So the idea of releasing this API, other than they're going to find it anyway, was we want feedback. And so, you know, and if they've got questions, they can ask them on Stack Overflow with the Office 365 tag too. But the key with the feedback is if, if there's endpoints that you would like, or there's certain queries you'd like to do, that you've seen PowerDelve works, you've built maybe a custom app that uses these graph APIs, um definitely jump on our user voice site and actually submit that and, and get encourage others to vote them up too. I've had some good discussions with people already about things that they'd like to see out of this graph um, as as we kind of evolve and move forward here on this. And we'll have some pretty cool announcements. Coming closer to um, to TechEd Europe at the end of end of this month, end of October, we're we're talking more detail about that too. But um, that's just one thing to bear in mind uh, is that the API endpoints will be very very different to what they are now because the ones using now is is essentially search. So is that why you've managed to get things out so quickly, Wardick? Because it is simply you're just an extension of what you know already.
1: Well, um, yes and no, right? So um, um, yes, if if, if you know search, if you've done some, some work with the search REST API in the past, um, it might seem like an easy way to do, right? Because um, at the end of the day, as you said, it's just search that you're, uh, you're working with. But on the other hand, the graph uh, query itself, it's really n- like nothing else that you know, right? And it's a language right. on its own. And to squeeze that into search is... Um, it feels like a tr- trick in a way, and it uh, wh- wh- whenever things break, you uh, you you will get an error that doesn't really explain a lot why things go wrong, right? And and because we are on a service, we can, we can't really access logs, so so there is um, there's no easy way for us to um, find out what went exactly wrong.
0: Right, and the the syntax is. I mean, it looks relatively straightforward, but there are some levels there with kind of the graph query colon. and Exactly. And then, uh, yeah, so Actor uh, brackets 2962 and, and those kind of things. So it's a little bit tricky there from that aspect.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, it requires you to know exactly the actions. And there are... So as long as you stick to, to the easiest stuff, it is easy. But then as you yeah. move along and you would like to extend it and you would like to get more of data and to combine that uh things can get really complicated with all those ands and ors nested which uh really brings us back in time to camel <laughs>
0: uh yes where yeah. you'll get those horrible errors with no explanation of the fact you've missed a, a curly bracket or a, or, um, or
1: or a comma a backslash or anything else yes exactly
0: right right yeah so that's one thing definitely to watch out for. And there have been some, as we mentioned, some bloggers that have kind of touched on this. So Richard Zarega, uh I think, was the first person to kind of blog and have a video which extended his, uh, oh God, what did he call it? I can't remember what it was called now. Uh, it was like the Socializer or something app that he built. And he kind of extended it with office graph information rather than going against the the other endpoints he had inside Azure AD. And, and so he found some tips and tricks inside the graph query language around particular examples of the graph GQL, as they call it here. But one of the interesting bits was he actually uncovered some bits where you can actually get at the images that Delve uses by using a particular URL, which is the get uh, which, again, is only available in the service because Delve is only, only available in the service, uh, much like the Office Graph is. Um, and and so that that's kind of a nice little discovery there that he's made so that you can get previews. If you're building an app and you wanted a preview preview of those nodes that have come back from the Office Graph, you could actually have a, a pretty picture of the document or the, you know, the preview of the document there. And so w- what types of things can you get back? So obviously you've done inside the... Uh, documents that I viewed, but what other kind of endpoints can you get at with the Office Graph? What what other powerful things have you seen people using this for? So
1: to be honest, I haven't really uh, seen that much activity around it yet. But the things that we are working with are, as you said, um for example, the list of the uh, documents that she, that um you you have viewed. So that that's one. There's also um, list of uh, documents uh, popular about um, around you, tr- trending around you. Um, there's a really easy way to get everything that you have modified. So those are the basic actions. And actually, the great thing is if you try to extend those actually beyond the basic actions and to try to apply them to solutions, right? So for example, another app that is pending now in a store, and that's probably the first announcement at, at, outside of Avention, is um, the list or or the... Let me see. Well, there are actually a few apps that we are working at. So the one is, for example, an app that allows you to um, discover documents trending around members of sites, right? So for example, one of the list that you get whenever you log in into Office uh, 365 is a list of sites that you follow and then, then there are the the recommended sites, right? So we mm-hmm. took t- 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 uh, those lists and when, whenever you click on a site, you will get a list of documents and imagine those being exactly showed as what you see in Delve. So we show document cards. Um, for documents trending in a site in a way um, and that we show you for the sites that you follow and the sites that you are um, or that has been recommended to you.
0: So you can, so in the available action types there's things like you know the personal feed and that's essentially the same as what's available on the home page of Delve which is private to you. Yes. Um, but there's the action type of modified where it's more around uh, what, th- what that user has modified in the last three months. And that's actually a public uh, response that comes back. But it is security trim. So if I was adding in a document and you didn't have access to it, and you called the Graph API and put my user account in you, and called the modified action, you wouldn't see the, the documents that you don't have permissions to. So it is security trim in that sense.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, um, at the end of the day, it's, it all comes from search, right? Right. So everything that's yeah. trimmed there, it's it also trimmed in um, Office Graph.
0: Yeah, and, and some of the cool things they've added, like actions, rather than just kind of throwing a user object in that's specific, like if I wanted to be nosy about Waldeck, um, you can actually go like there's org colleague action, which is everyone who reports the same manager as that actor. So if I put in me and used or colleague, it would just show um, all of my peers. So Sonia and Jim and Dave are in my team. It would essentially show all the activity around those uh, those users. Or there's org direct, which is the actor's direct report. So that would be anyone that uh, I manage. Or org manager, essentially, you know, you can throw in I could put it at Chris Johnson and, and see his, his reports. And, and likewise, org skip level manager allows me to throw in me and then obviously see the activity that's happening around Arpan, who's my skip manager at work. So there's some cool like common common action scenarios that people have come up with. Um, that they've added to the API as easy actions that you basically post in with an ID. So where you see these REST APIs and the action, you know, equals whatever, and there's 1021 and 1003 and 1015, that graph query language reference table in the MSDN is definitely going to allow you to do do that very quickly. And that's actually in here as well. You can see there's trending around and 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 1001 is the you know, items viewed by that actor in the last three months, which uh, is what you've used to build your your app in the the Office Store, right? Yeah, now. exactly.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. So, um, we um is is speaking of which. So the other app that is being approved now, as we speak, is an app that imagine that you have the query in Delve Home, right? So that allows you, or, or that allows you to see a documents popular um around you, and the challenging part that we uh, thought of there was there is no easy way for you to see which documents you have already seen and which you have not so what we oh, act- okay. actually did is we, we build an app that shows you exactly the same content as what you see on Delve Del- Home but then we yeah. we, we grey out documents that you have actually viewed
0: and that's because you're doing it as a union against the, the viewed yeah. API, which is yes. oh, that's pretty cool. Yes, exactly.
1: So that's additional action that we get along with everything else. And we check whether the, um, whether the document has not changed since the last time you, you viewed it. And if, no, if nice. yeah, yeah. So with that, that's just a really easy way for you to keep track of what's new, what's trending around you, and what's, what, what's changed.
0: And I guess those, that kind of feature there will most likely end up that it's just default in Delve. I hope so. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. 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 But I think it's nice that you've been able to very quickly extend that to to be able to do that as your own app and and put that in the store. So I kind of, I kind of like that, that kind of, you're driving the innovation there that'll obviously get back to the Delve team. And I know you're, you're talking to the Delve team a lot in Oslo, which is not far from your neck of the woods, (laughs) right? Yes. You're going to have a lot more luck trying to pronounce all their names than I am, that's for sure.
1: Well, yes and no. I mean, um, Norwegian is a language on its own, right? So, um, um, to, to folks in America, it might seem the same. It is not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and so, you've also got, which I downloaded and showed our team internally, and they're like, how's he getting time to do this stuff? But the, the Windows Phone app, the Document Miner. Yes. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about what that is.
1: Yeah, so so that's an app that we build ar- um, around sense scenario that imagine you are on the road and you really quickly have to access um, info um, on a phone. So you are on the road, you are on a go, and you really need a way that allows you to really easily access the documents that you have seen recently, right? Or you or you just use search. So for that, we build a Windows Phone app that utilizes Office Graph. And initially it showed exactly the same info as what you see in Delve, meaning the home shared with me and my work. On top of that, we added um, the ability to search. And with a recent build, we also added two two queries. So that was uh, trending around me, I I believe, and then trending in the sites I'm following, uh, if I recall that uh, correctly. And then also the ability to choose which of those boards you would like to see right, right, right. so exactly. so you don't have to see all of them you can only pick for example i want to see search and i want to see um, stuff that i um that i work on right
0: right and so what that's doing is if i when i launched that app the first time Essentially, it prompts me for my credentials, which is redirecting me to the standard login within Office 365. And then once I've put that in, it logs me in and all of my data comes up. So from an authentication flow, what's that actually doing? How are you then using that sign-in then to call those REST APIs?
1: Yeah, so initially we intended to use the Office uh, 365 API. Unfortunately, currently on Windows Phone, that doesn't work the way you would expect it to, so that would, so we um, either had to do some hacks, which we weren't really comfortable with, or we used another approach, and that's just basically HTTP re- uh, uh, request in a web browser uh, control on a phone. So that's what we are doing now and yeah. and as you said we use the the out of the box login page we don't store any uh, credentials we play around the way we are supposed to so and the only thing that that we get is cookie that that allows us to communicate with the uh, graph
0: right okay yeah there there is some stuff coming windows phone 8.1, uh the A- active directory um, authentication libraries or adl for short it are being, are coming, will be supported on Windows Phone, much like they are with Windows 8 right now. If you go into, into a Visual Studio project, right click and go add connected service and check what you need to have access to. And that will allow you then to use that Azure AD access token that you'll get once the user's kind of gone through and uh, consented it to then call back through to the, the Office Graph. But yeah, for now, because the ADOR libraries were only just supported. Very recent, yeah. me. Very recently, um, and they haven't been rolled into Visual Studio, so there's kind of like a a knock on effect. Yeah, so the, the ADOL libraries have to be built, and then the Visual Studio team need to go and kind of make sure they're supporting those project types. So it is coming; it's just not available in the public Visual Studio releases just yet. Sure. So that's a great example. As if, if you jump in um, into the Windows Phone Store, if you have a Windows Phone and, and pull it through, you can actually go and see the Office Graph working directly on a on a mobile device. Um, and also, there's another cool one that, uh, and I'm probably going to pronounce his name wrong, but you might be able to correct me on this one, but Elio Struth. Yep, sure. Is that right? Yep. Sweet. Uh, Elio is another guy that's been blogging a lot recently, uh, another uh, MVP, and he Il- has... Elio is a-
1: not an MVP yet.
0: <laughs> oh, isn't he? No. Hang on, just let me double check that. Okay. Or he might, my, nice. my,
1: my, might become an MVP with the last run, although I haven't heard anything about that yet, so...
0: Yeah, okay. Maybe I thought I saw him tweet that he was, but I apologize for getting his hopes up. Sorry. In my opinion, in my personal opinion, he should be because he does a great job of blogging. Fair enough. And he actually blogged about the office graph, uh, but using it in the search center with a uh, a custom advanced search query, where essentially he plugged in all those actions that you can do with the various different values for you know modified or colleague or direct or manager or skip level manager that we talked about earlier and allows you to just straight from the UI, see a bunch of results there, much like you would do with a normal SharePoint search. So that's I think, is really cool for end users to be able to dig in deeper, uh, more specifically with, with it, than what you can do in the Delve product right now as well. So that's a, another great way of people playing with the Office Graph too. Um And then uh, Vardaman Disbandi from uh, the UK has also blogged a fair bit in a similar vein, around how to call the Office Graph, the GQL, <clears throat> essentially with passing a few more criteria around, like the edge weight and uh, different bits on the client side in JavaScript. And actually, Mikel Svensson also showed how you could call Office Graph with the SharePoint client-side object model in managed code, because you know CSOM already supports calling the Search API. So he just showed how you can like call Office Graph with that syntax on on the managed code side as well, so there's lots of little tricks because it is built on search that you can use there too so um with the office graph uh is there anything you're really kind of feeling that you might want to see added to this with the work you've been doing across those apps you've been shipping in the different stores
1: I mean probably the first thing that uh, needs to be fixed and that's not really um issue with G- G- GQL, but um, more of the uh, off. So two things that we tried to build were apps for office, where for example, um, you would select a meeting in your Outlook and for that you would get documents, right? And the problem there is that the app for office actually lives um, inside an iframe and logging in from that is challenging, right? Because the login page does not really support um, iframes and there are all kinds of stuff that you would have to hack to get through that. So it would be great if if auth was really easy, like enable, uh, flip a switch and that would just work, right? So that would be the first uh, thing. And I guess that as soon as that's available and easy, it will really enable a lot of folks to build really cool apps on top of Office Graph.
0: Yeah, and that's that's something that with the official API that we're going to have sorted out because, you know, the whole principle between the Office three six five APIs is that it's something you can call directly within uh, the apps that you build within our products, or that you can call within your own apps that you you control the user interface to whether they be on a mobile device or, um, you know, whether they be. Uh, in in like a windows 8 app or something on on a on a laptop so that so that's something that once the full api ships they'll be able to do once they support azure ad auth and uh, i know the guys are actively working on that but we just don't have any dates on on when that's going to be available just yet
1: sure and i think that another great will be that eventually when we will see the let's say the one of of version of EQL, it will be great to see the abilities there and what you are able to do and how you can really easily work with the data instead of it being a part actually of search, right? So I, I guess that there will be a great ability there to really build apps easily and to do all kinds of stuff like, uh, for example, to retrieve additional info or to sort things uh, in a way that... You you can do that today, but in a really challenging and awkward way. So I guess that will be really interesting to see how that will, will take shape and um, how easy it will be for us to, to use in our apps.
0: And, and I guess ad- additionally onto this, like what types of scenarios, just to kind of pick your brain a bit, Like I see a lot of value with this being able to use this GQL or the you know the official APIs when they become available uh, inside your own apps. Like you've mentioned here about recent documents I've viewed or documents that are trending around me. Like there's quite a lot of opportunity there for developers to build for the store and and leverage this inside their own apps within their own context, right? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So I guess
1: um, um, that's just a one piece to be able to get that info inside a portal, um, then another big piece is, I I guess, that uh, whenever we will be able to build apps for our office, so actually uh, build apps in Outlook, in Word, PowerPoint, anything. Um, and then I guess there will be a whole, um, um, whole another uh, piece available when we'll get the API that will allows us not only to read stuff, but also to write stuff into it. So, so imagine being able to write our own actions, signals, entities into um, Office Graph, and then we'll we we'll, would we'll be able to use Office Delve as an entry point, um, not only to documents, but for example CRM or um, SAP or anything else that you might have um, um, somewhere in a cloud or on 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 prem or or anything, right? Because at the end of the day. Those are all links and entities that you write into the uh, graph, right? And as soon as we will be able to model that, that will really open a lot of um, new um, abilities to build really great great solutions.
0: Yeah, and we actually saw with... Some of these the CRM providers that we're talking to and these ERP providers where they want the ability that if a new account or a new um, action has occurred within their external system, they want that to show in the office graph that would then surface into Delve and, and be accessible. So, you know, there could be a a, a customer that's in an external CRM system that's trending around a particular user and you'd be able to see that in Delve. Or if there was a proposal document that may be stored in OneDrive for Business uh, that was on a based on a particular customer that you could drill into that customer and see the graph around that particular customer uh, inside of, of Alpha 365 UI. But a lot of that information is being fed by that external system. So I think that's where the evolution of the graph in terms of not just being able to read what's in the graph currently and what we're putting in signals-wise from both SharePoint documents and OneDrive for business documents. And obviously, as we move forward, Yammer conversations will appear in there too and various other bits and pieces. Um, It'll be great that when we can have that, almost that right, as you say, right API, that external systems can then start poking into it and, and feeding it with information as well. Absolutely. Um, I, I tend to, when they were talking about naming Delve, it, it's quite funny because, you know, it's codename Oslo because essentially that's where it was where it was written, uh, which was the fast team that got acquired by Microsoft uh, quite a few years ago now, I guess. Um, but there was lots of different suggestions. But I think for me, in my head, you know, I use Delve every morning and I think I've mentioned this on the show before, but it, it it is really a stalker-like thing where I I can see documents that people are writing in their team sites, which... I have access to, and obviously Microsoft's a big company, and I have access to various different team sites for different projects that are going on. But the fact that Delve helps me to highlight high-value content within those site collections because lots of people that I collaborate with, either it's worked out because they're a colleague through the org chart, or whether it's because I'm collaborating with them because we've both touched a document or viewed a document, um, and also it's doing some stuff, uh, I believe, under the hood around uh, calendar invites and also mail conversations too. Those kind of things of, um, you know, it it gets really smart in, in knowing who I am working with and, and then going, actually, the guy that you're in meetings with four times a week is, uh, is updating this document and maybe should check it out because you have access to it. So I think there's huge availability for external... ISVs and uh, enterprise developers that have these external systems to take that same paradigm and, and push really hard on that once those right APIs are available. Absolutely. So um, what's in the future for you, mate? Like, uh, I know you do speak at various events, in, in, mainly in Europe. I know you're coming to the MVP Summit up here in Redmond in November, right?
1: Yes, absolutely. I will be there.
0: So what, where where else will you be?
1: So I'll be speaking about Office Graph on the SharePoint Connections Amsterdam November this year. Uh, next I will be on uh, uh, SharePoint Saturday St- Stockholm in February, also speaking about Office Graph. And then that has not been announced yet. So I will be speaking in London and the official show announcement about what on what and where that will that is um still to to come.
0: Cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a fun show. That's run by uh, Steve. Right? Yes,
1: absolutely. That's definitely one conference that you have to attend. It's really awesome.
0: And did you did you do the bus tour with him this year? No,
1: no. I, I wasn't there.
0: Yeah, because um, I was speaking to a few of the speakers, I think Andrew Connell brought it up on the show when I was with him, and uh, I've talked to Mike Fitz from Nintex, who was uh, on the tour as well, and sounded like that was a very successful series of events where they did a road show all the way through the UK, but uh, it's great to have it in one location. Yeah, as say, I'm not sure where it's going to be yet, but um, it'll it'd be good to kind of get that level of speakers that Steve draws in that one conference there too so i'm looking forward to um, seeing what topics get brought up there too do you know what you're going to be talking about yet Waldek, so
1: i have an idea but um uh, it has not been uh, approved yet so um i don't know whether that will be eventually um the talk that i will give but i really truly hope that i'll be able to share all of my experience so far with office graph
0: <laughs> yeah that, you know that you, like, you don't want to give too much away, right? Because you want other people submitting. But I'm I'm sure if Steve does his homework, they'll know that, you know, you've been digging on this pretty much from, well, before day one when the GQL.co went live. So if there's anyone externally that knows about the graph, it's definitely you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thank you.
0: <laughs> and um, in terms of other areas, like I've seen you've, you're still blogging pretty hard on web content management. I'd love to get you back on the show to talk about that. But what other areas would, if someone was hitting your blog, they would be able to uh, kind of see information on other topics
1: so um two more things um that i've done in the past months are um apps um and um spas right so uh just before the official release of office graph uh what i actually had on on agenda for the airpoint uh, connect in uh, Amsterdam, it was, I built, so uh, you probably know our site, the Movevention.com site, which is a SharePoint 2013 public facing if- site, right?
0: The Movention one is totally responsive, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, for the conference and, and the talk that I was um, initially supposed to do, um, I built actually exactly the same site, but as a spa in Angular. So I had all of that aligned, and I really did. Um, it costed um, me initially quite some effort because that was my first project of that size size with uh, Angular, and it was really awesome. I really really learned a lot of stuff. And since the talk that I will give in Amsterdam got got uh, um, switched, um, I plan to um, write or to share all of my experiences with that on my blog. So expect.
0: Wow, you know, that's awesome. Yeah, so
1: expect to see some articles around building content-centric sites with Angular. And then another thing, which is, and that, that's a project that, that we're working uh, on internally, is another tool that we build that allows you to do uh, structured and, re- and repeatable deployment um, in service, right? So being able to do uh, all of that in Office uh, since X5, um, and that's just uh, one, one one piece. And then another one is that the fact that uh, app templates, WSPs, and all of that is not really welcome in Office uh, 365. Uh, you you have to have another way uh, to deploy everything that's not available out of the, the box, right? And for each one of those, you, you 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 could build a new app over and over again. But we thought that. It's just easier to um, uh, uh, separate the content from from the config and just for that we build an a tool that can be formed as an app so you can use it as an app in sharepoint but you you can also use that as a client tool on-prem that uses remote calls into office uh, 365 and which basically allows you to deploy the config of your choice to your site. So imagine you could create a portal with everything in it in place with a single click, or you could have your your users really easily create project sites, team sites, or anything else that they need for their or, or work. And basically the only thing that you would need would be some XML that defines how that sites look like. And then all of that would, would be just configured in your um, tenant.
0: So you're using the same kind of approach as feature manifests and element manifests in Visual Studio and you've built a custom app that reads the XML and, and calls the CSOM or the REST APIs to go and provision all those artifacts in SharePoint. Yes,
1: yeah, so the basic idea is um, just as you said with difference that that the tool that we build is uh, pluggable, so we can really um, easily extend it with new, new pieces as CSOM um is extended, and then the the XML that we create is actually a little div- different than than Camel that you get out of the box.
0: All right, okay. And you're going to be open sourcing that, or so
1: that's a big question that we still have. We're still not really sure if there's a market for that on that scale. Um, currently, we're trying to use <clears> it as a tool that really um, enables us to uh, do do project quickly. Um but still there there there's a big question mark in which form it will land and what's gonna be with it, so
0: oh, well I'll definitely look out for that. Then i I'd highly encourage open sourcing. <laughs> we'll see how you go, yeah, we'll take I, that
1: I, into I, to I, account, yeah. definitely.
0: <laughs> I, I know I know at some point you guys need to make money so you can go back and feed your children. Yeah, so, sure. <laughs> um, so sometimes these things have to become commercial products, I understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, um, look, thanks for your time, Aldec. We're, um, coming close to the 50 minute mark on the podcast. So, um, again, we'll certainly get you back on the show because, as I say, you know, wealth of knowledge across the whole 365 development stack there. And, uh, I look forward to catching up with the MVP summit. It's uh, been a while since we've caught up personally and, uh, it'd be good to have you in town. Uh, well, in my new hometown, um, so we can show you around, although we have been here quite a few times where it hasn't been, uh, a town and we've managed to treat it like home for the week we are for the summer. So, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would it, definitely it'll be, be, it'll be fun. fun. Yeah, yeah
1: absolutely. Thank you, Jeremy.
0: Cool. Thanks very much, mate. And if people want to keep in touch with you, uh, the, the your blog link is in the show notes, but Twitter, Facebook, what, what are you doing socially? There, Yeah,
1: I'm so I'm present on all of that. Although to be honest, I haven't been that active on either of those. Um, I use them mainly to share my stuff, and the best thing is that which one you, you uh, use to ping me, I will try to get back to you as so- soon as, um, as I can.
0: Yeah, yeah. so at WardecM, right? Yes, Infrared, um... yes,
1: and probably that would be the best, that will be probably the, the easiest way for you just to share all of that um, along with a link to my blog.
0: Yeah, great. Excellent. Well, have a good rest of the day. Thank you What's for- the time there? Uh,
1: that would be six PM now.
0: Okay, so it's nine AM here in Seattle. <laughs> so my my day is just starting, and you're you're just wrapping up.
1: Yes, it is.
0: <laughs> cool. All right. Well, thanks very much, mate, and I'll see you in a few weeks.
1: Absolutely. See ya. Cheers, and thank you.
0: Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office three hundred and sixty five developer needs. All the links from the show are in the blog post on blogs.office.com wackdev, where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any ideas for new shows or questions for us, please join us in our Yammer group in the Office 365 Technical Network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on Office 365.